Welcome to the Cripple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John. My co-host is Andy. And this week we are talking about the eighth episode of Survivor Heroes, Healers, and Hustlers. Uh, an episode which, according to the internet, has robbed us of a goddess. Uh, Desi is the fourth woman in a row to go home. And she's also our first jury member after a few shenanigans before and during that tribal council ended up sending her to that jury. Andy, I feel like you have some thoughts on how that went down. Yeah, this was uh, a loss not seen in Survivor fandom since uh, the loss of Kelly Wigglesworth in Cambodia. Uh, The loss of Desi will really impact this season. Uh, It's uh, sending shockwaves. Where else will we get the nothing? The nothing she was bringing to the show? Uh, Yeah, that's the you know, I was going to take shots at her later. In fact, I was going to not take shots. And then here I am. Well, yeah, you never know where these things are going to go. It's just jazz. Yeah, sometimes you just have to ride the wave. So about the tribal council um, and the lead up to it, uh, I think it was an important question for you, uh, given uh, your um, nerdy proclivities. Um, which math fail this episode was more frustrating was it that no one at that tribal council was calling out the fact that there was a missing boat in a tie situation? Or was it the leading up to it, the fact that Ben thought he could split the votes in the first place? Ben tried to split the votes knowing that it was only actually six votes they had on their side against four. Yeah, but even before the sixth thing that he found out about, seven to four doesn't work. It does not work at all. It is a, this, I, I tweeted this and I still like, for me, it's that. Uh, I can actually explain away, and we're going to talk about it in deeper level, the tribal council thing, because people are right to call it out, but I can, I can almost understand that. But, um, this was the dumbest successful vote split in the history of Survivor, and it was only successful because the vote split was completely unnecessary. I mean, it was already a risky, bad idea when you had seven votes. And then you know that you're down to six and you're still like, nah, let's do this. Let's full speed ahead. Let's split the vote. It blew my mind. I, I really don't understand. It was, it was so extremely risky. And yes, you do need like risk to win in this game, but putting all your votes on one person was also that's the risky. risk you take. That's the acceptable risk because in this scenario, yes, yeah. it just happened to be less risky. Like that was the less risky move. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Obviously, you'd like to avoid an idol with a vote split, but you can't do it. Because, yes, if, if people aren't figuring it out, and I hope that nobody listening aren't, isn't figuring it out, but I'm going to spell it out anyway. In a seven people to four, the vote split will be four three. So if you put four votes on one person and they play the idol, you lose! Because your three votes are less than their four. Now, obviously, you know, there's like, well, Mike was with them. If Mike's with you, then what do you care? And and again, if you need Mike, that's pretty risky. That's probably as risky, if not more so, than just putting seven votes on Desi. Or, frankly, putting seven votes on Mike. Uh, it's like, cause you, he, Mike has never voted with you. Uh, three days prior to this, he did not vote with you. So if your entire vote split is, we have to do all this, and uh, Mike's going to be aboard, and an idol isn't actually going to get played, like, there's just no way it works. And then it got worse, as you say, when one of your alliance members is like, yeah, I'm actually not going to vote tonight. And it's still like, well, now we still got to do a vote split, and I got to get more people to vote with me and bring on Mike and Cole. It's like, no, you don't. You just need to vote for somebody you're confident won't play an idol. Yeah, and 
in that specific situation, he's going to the other side to recruit votes. And at that point, I am sure a reasonably intelligent person, so this would be Mike, not Cole, would figure out, okay, they're doing something about a split vote. And thus, opening that side up to attack. Like, so easy to flip on if they're really going to split the vote there. You're attacking Cole for being dumb because we have lots of evidence. We've been talking about that way for a while now. Except that in this very episode, even before Mike had been approached, if the chronology of the edit can be uh, believed, Cole was like, yeah, I think they're going to vote. maybe split a vote here tonight, and that'll give us an opportunity. Like, so that's how dumb it is. Yes. That even Cole was able to be like, this is a huge opportunity. And frankly, like, if they had an idol, it's all, we just have to pick. We just have to pick which of these two people they're going to vote for, and we have to be correct. We have a 50-50 shot at this. Uh, that's how much easy they got. Now, they don't have an idol, but... If they don't have an idol. Well, Mike's idol. Yeah. but uh, He was not going to play it, though. Some people are suggesting that Cole uh, thinks they have it. But yeah, Mike wasn't going to play it. Um, we have no evidence um, in the actual edit of this, this season to suggest that Cole knows about Mike's idol. Apparently, there are secret scenes that might say it. But Cole certainly wasn't acting like he knew there was another idol in play. Um, but... I mean, Ben is doing all of this because he's afraid of an idol, because he believes that Cole has the idol. So all of this is about idol, and you can't do 4-3 to 4. It's it's asinine and it's stupid. And frankly, it bothers me. Like, this is one of those, like, these people are stupid and I hate the season type problems for me. Uh, because somebody else should have been like, hey, Ben, nah, it doesn't work. And one thing I've explained to myself is... The people you would expect to explain it to him are Chrissy and Ryan. They know Cole doesn't have the idol. So maybe they just didn't care. Maybe it just wasn't worth getting into. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, Ben, whatever. At the end of this, Desi's still going to go home because that's what I want to happen. Or, yeah, whoever made that decision. And we'll get into why that decision was made. But that, that, that's the one thing I hope is that the people who could have sat there and easily figured out that three is smaller than four. Um is just didn't care because it's like, yeah, then idol's not really going to get played. And we can't tell you why, because we don't want to tell you about this idol. Just yet. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there was potentially an idol that could have been played, but even if it had happened and maybe they were thinking, Oh, there might be an idol still out there that we don't know about. Even if it was played, they probably felt like, well, it's not going to be me going home. So yeah, if Ben is the collateral damage in that, I'll live with that. Yeah, but it's just like, you can't do a vote split. That's it. You just can't. No. So what you have to do is figure out what they did last week. Who is the least likely person to get voted out? And interestingly, it's the person they voted out. So it's like you already somehow, after all of this, got to the, hey, let's vote out Desi plan. But they still went through all of the hoops and it was just so stupid and it still worked. It's stupid in a way that makes me think all these people are too stupid to be good at Survivor. So that's more frustrating <laughs> for me. But then you get to a whole other thing where... I can get, like, 11 is a high number in that situation, you know, you're mostly worried, maybe you hear your name, you start panicking, start counting, but when it's an even number, when it should be an odd number, is all you really need to be like, huh? But not only that, Probst tells you the vote totals after yeah. every vote he reads. <laughs> so it's it's not like it's super hard to lose track of the amount of votes. He's sitting there saying, three votes Desi. Four votes, Joe. I'll read the next but, vote. You know, like... Yeah. No, no, like, again, and especially when we're sitting at home. Although, at sitting at home, we're also, like, waiting 
for somebody to clue right. in. Like, but I think the fact that there was four different people getting votes this week, that's really unusual. And it was the first four votes. So maybe that, along with the stress and being tired and hungry and just being fearful for yourself, if you're Joe or if you're Desi, or fearful for your side. Um, although so, they're the only people so who's fearful. So I can understand some stress and fear maybe causing that. There's also the potential that a couple of people may have clued in and not said anything. Uh, but it's still like, yeah, at the end of all that, it's like, wait, how is a tie even possible? It should not be possible with 11 people. So here's another fun thing. If they had actually not done this whole silly, ridiculous vote split thing, Lauren's vote could have been, you know, she could have used her not vote this time thing. No one would have ever known because Probst does not read the votes past a certain point. Once it's guaranteed that a certain person's going home, he's not going to read the next vote. So once Desi was going to be eliminated, he stops reading the votes and no one would have ever known there was a vote that wasn't cast. That is a good point uh, because I, yeah, I was just apoplectic about the fact that they kept talking about a vote split in a scenario where you just can't do one. Uh, yeah, the other part was, yeah, because Ben knows it. He's, Lauren told him, let's protect this info so that we can use it later. But no, Ben is like, it has to be a vote split. I'm going to have to do this. Joe is bothering me so much. I have to get rid of him, which didn't even happen. Um, I have this later on the breakdown, but I might as well get to it now. Um, and then we'll go back to the missing vote. My thoughts on Ben this week took a nosedive. Now I've never, I, Huge. I haven't been as high as other people on him, but you know, he's been an okay dude. And as we've remarked, he seems pretty funny in real life. Yes. Um, I want to say none of it has to do with the fact, like his argument with Joe. That didn't impact my opinion on him whatsoever. It not, nor did even like kind of his general pissiness and kind of, like with Cole, or just he, he did come off as a little arrogant upon winning last week's vote. None of that bothers me. The fact that this whole ploy by Ben was so stupid that if he wins this season, I will be upset. I guess there's time that he could re- redeem himself yes, later, is. but this is a huge black mark on his record, though. Like, that, I mean, that if you win, it's despite this. It's kind of like the thing where uh, Millennials versus Gen X, like, Adam just really screwed up the whole Taylor situation. He recovered and he won, but it's like, you look back and you're like, yeah, but you really didn't play like a great game though. You kind of screwed it up there in the middle. And that situation is small potatoes, uh, according to this. Like I wanted Ben home right. to go home tonight as a result of this stupidity, because this is like not quite there, but of a same like phylum is what Tyson did in Heroes vs. Villains. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, it's different is that what Tyson did, like, that was a perfect situation to split votes, and it should have worked perfectly. All you had to do was stick with the plan. All this, then why I, this bothers me more than the Tribal Council one is, you had time to puzzle this out. It shouldn't have taken that long, but even if, you, you know, you're tired, you're hungry, or whatever, at some point in the time between losing a challenge and going to Tribal Council, and I think this might have even been brought up before Cole won, like, yeah, you know, Cole-Joe split, or whatever, Somebody should have been like, wait a second. This doesn't work. And the only thing I can think of it is if they were counting Mike as a person, uh, as a vote, uh, in the vote split. But you can't do that. You can't count somebody who voted against you last tribal council as one of your numbers. You have to wait till he proves it. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're taking a massive risk. And again... Just take the less massive risk. And I think that's what happens with people. They think they can eliminate risk. You can't. Risk is inherent in all choices made, especially at this stage in the game. 
so you can't like find the non-risky choice. You just have to figure out which risk is less risky. And even though it all worked out, they didn't choose the right one. And it all worked out because there actually was no idol. Or as you said, there actually is an idol, but Cole and Joe did not have an idol. Yeah, no idol that was ever going to be in play, at least. But I agree with you that that this it's it's hard to I mean, Ben seems like a likable guy and on Twitter he's certainly entertaining. But man, just as a survivor player, whoo, the opinion just straight downhill with this episode. And, and like you don't even have to be a super fan to figure this out. Four, three split against four people. Yeah, oh, uh, four, four, it's tied. Yeah, that, that means those three is useless. It's impurity. And also, like, I guess maybe it is a bit about his attitude because like dude gets pissy with people and just decides, I don't like that guy. That's it. It's over. That's not a good trait, even when you're right. Yeah, it maybe works in the military, not so much in survivor and, and the whole like, honor thing whether he's just playing that as a an act which i kind of don't think he is it's you know it's one of those things you probably need to check at the door when you're coming to play survivor um i get that it's you know it's part of him he's never going to give it up or whatever just I, I don't know that 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 vibes with the game that you probably need to play to win although you know what maybe this season it does who knows that's actually another uh good point or at least on the direction of a good point, um, is for the longest time, we pretty much wrote off military and police officers types. Like people who are used to a rigid, uh, system of command and social structure haven't done well in Survivor. Now that, you know, there was firefighters and I don't know if, yeah, I don't know their chain of command type deal, <laughs> but, and then, then there was Officer Sarah and Tony. So that kind of made us think about, it. but yeah, maybe that's the deal. Ben is used to a little bit more regimented, regimented way of doing things. And that, that ain't going to be survivor. You know, you're going to have to deal with assholes like Joe. You're going to have to deal with, you know, doofuses like Cole. And you can't just be like, and, and moreover, if you are that way, if you're all, ah, I can't wait to get these people out. I'll never work with them. Maybe vote them out, Ben. Maybe how about that? Because you haven't yet. There's been a lot of talk about how you're going to get rid of Cole and how you're going to get rid of Joe. And instead it's Jessica and Desi. Right. And, and as you're sitting there talking about how you hate Cole and Joe and you want to get rid of them, you're going to vote them out. And then made it pretty abundantly clear that you can't stand them. Not working in your favor if you're trying to win this game. Yeah. And it's to be noted, and people brought it up this week and I brought it up last week. Uh, potential jury members are talking about the fact that he lied to them. He didn't, you know, lie on his Marines, Oof. but, uh, he, he, he did lie. And, you know, if, uh, everybody's predicting Ben as the winner because, uh, who couldn't like Ben? What an honorable stand-up dude. Maybe not. Especially if he also starts talking the way he did in that argument, uh, about, you know, about the system of honor and you don't know all that. It's tough to be high and mighty and win Survivor because what you then, when you're sitting in front of everybody, uh, expecting them to think you're a good guy, they're really thinking of you as a hypocrite. And this is what's happened to Coach and this is what's happened to um, Don and others is that uh, jury doesn't want to hear how good a person you are because that's uh, kind of like saying I'm a better person than you are. Uh, it's it's not kind of. It pretty much is. It's saying it without saying it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and Cochran and I talked about this uh, in an interview with Rob is that, you know, he tried to find traits that like nobody would really get upset about. Um, you now him saying it, that he, he was good at that and, and thus they weren't. And his thing was, he said he was good at timing. Like he, he 
timed it right for when people need to go. And they, well, nobody's like, oh, I totally prize my voice. How dare you say you're better at timing than me? And it's also a bit of a compliment in suggesting, oh, so I, you had to get rid of me at that time. Cause you know, if you hadn't, right. I would have won the whole thing. But yeah, if it's like, oh, honorable Ben, he beat us all. Maybe that vibe isn't going to be there. Although maybe it will. And maybe it's just Cole and, and Joe who, you know, <laughs> he's an. <laughs> is he really a good player or is he good at being annoying? If only he said it can be two things. Oh, I was so hoping for that. I'm like, there you go. You got the opening. Take it. Just say it can be two things and you will vault into second place on my favorite list right behind the god Devin. Yeah. I do think another reason why the, uh, the um, nobody seemingly figuring out, and it should be noted that Propes has said in an interview, Nobody said it at Tribal Council. It wasn't like it was edited out. Like, why would we edit that out? It's what we wanted. That's probably also why it's a little frustrating. Because when we discover this brand new advantage, part of the fun of it seemed to be, how do you get away with it? And apparently it's just like, you just do. Oh, one last thing there I wanted to say is it's also probably a bit of that effect that of um, just when an authority says something, you just believe it. Uh, and when Jeff says, and this is the final vote, Maybe you're just like, huh, it doesn't seem right, but Jeff said it, so it must be right. I can see maybe some of that, you know, like how people will do what, a, you know, a, somebody wearing a doctor's coat will tell them what to do, or how I, I believe, you know, car salesmen when they tell me I need all this extra stuff. Right, sure. I mean, you're you're more likely to be like, well, I'm going to trust Jeff because he's been eating and sleeping, so, you know, I, I'm probably screwing this one up. The only person that I thought would probably catch on or should probably catch on was Joe because he had reason to be sitting there counting votes when he knew there was the vote split happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, again, even we even caught like a glimpse of him making a face that maybe he understood there was something fishy, mm -hmm. but apparently no. Yeah. And, and facial reactions cannot be trusted at tribal council. They'll take that some of from any time they're sitting. Yeah. But I agree. I caught that moment too. And, Maybe he did recognize it, but, but like, you gotta say something, man. <laughs> Your life is on the line. Well, and that's the thing is that I feel like he didn't figure it out because Joe is not the type to sit there silent. So, you know, if he had, I'm sure he'd be willing to be vocal about it. Well, let's skip ahead to the, another part of this because, uh, I, that uh, kind of leads in like this was another week that it uh, provides example that Joe yes. is no Tony. Uh, Tony would have figured that out. Tony would have said something. Um, Tony would have probably realized that reward was all about a potential advantage. They're like giving you time one at a time to sit alone. Yeah, they're hiding some kind of clue. And yeah, you know, it's not just like, you know, that we've lionized Tony and believe that. Like Chrissy figured that out right away. Ryan figured that out right away. So Tony would have figured that out. And Joe didn't. Uh, not just because, you know, we didn't see him looking for uh, a clue or anything, but by going last, you limit your opportunities. Um, uh, and even like he didn't seem as observant as like things like when they get back from the challenge and Devin's talking about how there was this big plate of food. You don't see <laughs> Joe like plate. I thought it was served on a napkin. Yeah. And the thing is, the move there is, you know, if you're going to put yourself first because you're expecting there's going to be some kind of advantage, just say, listen, guys, I'm going to go first. I'm going to take a very small portion and I'm going to evenly divide up everything else so that, you know, when you go in there, there's going to be six evenly portioned things so everybody's going to get the right amount it's going to be all good i just want this to be as fair as possible you know just cover it up that way yeah but yeah and then also like 
not voting for Desi. Uh, Tony would have voted for Desi. Oh, for sure. Tony would do anything to keep the vote off of him. Yeah. So, yeah, Joe is no Tony. And, I mean, we've probably reached the point in the season where we can probably just let Joe be Joe. Uh, I don't, I, I kind of like him as um, the person on the season that's still interested in providing some dynamism. Yes. But, uh, I, the wild card. Yeah. He's not a good player. No, <laughs> he's just not. But uh, I'm fine with not being a great player as long as you are a fun player to watch fail. And that's mostly true of him. I also feel like Joe might have gotten more out of that Ben situation. I mean, like the thing he like Joe does is a bit of a Tony move, right? But then he kind of backed down a bit. Now I'm not saying Tony would have like started yelling in his face. Although think of like you know him versus Cass. Although very much different dynamic there. It's easier to yell back at somebody when a you uh, are more in power in the game and b are you know physically larger than them. Um, but yeah, I think that was another situation there. Um, so, yeah, Joe does all this stuff, and, you know, he's the fly in the ointment. Did I get it? Did I get it? Yeah, I think you nailed it that time. The one thing that I thought, though, is that Joe – or, I'm sorry, if, if it was Tony in that situation, Tony does that with a purpose. You know, like you're trying to get him to say something in earshot of other people that you can then use against him. Yes. And I don't feel like that was happening. Like, from what we saw – it didn't even seem like there was anyone useful around that could have heard that happening. Yeah, it was just other people that Tony was, or sorry, uh, that Joe was already aligned with. Him. Right. So I don't that I don't know how that helps your cause. I mean, people were hearing some fighting going on, but it's not going to help unless people that are in Ben's alliance hear Ben saying something that Joe can then use against him to flip his group against him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's something as simple as. Doing that at the shelter where other people are. Because, like, as, you know, Ben points out, he pushed the right button. Like, he had that part. Uh, and I, I like the self-awareness on Ben. It's like, oh, God, he got me. Yeah. Uh, he found something, and I, I reacted in a way that is ill-advised. Not just, you know, he didn't want to get that angry, but it's ill-advised game-wise to, you know, lose your cool. And frankly, it's also, you don't want, like, a pissant like Joe to be able right. to manipulate you like that. Um, but, yeah, so he had that, but as you say... To what end? Yeah, it just, it didn't seem like a strategy so much as him being annoying, <laughs> as, you know, as we learned at Tribal as, Council. As Ashley pointed out, yeah. Um, so he is this fly in the ointment, he is this problem, but he's still here. Why Desi instead of Joe? Uh, okay, so I know that there were some people that were very upset about this, and we didn't get the story of why Desi over Joe, and blah, blah, blah. And to be fair, we didn't get Yeah, the story. we didn't. I was just going to admit that. Like, yeah, we did not explicitly get the story. It's a reasonable argument. Um, I think the problem is they couldn't really give you the story without giving away who was going to go home. Um, but I think there were several people that were probably motivated to vote for Desi over Joe. And there's legitimate reasons for it beyond, you know, like, Oh, let's get rid of the woman. I don't think that was part of the motivation. Even for Chrissy. Um, Cole, for instance, should have been really happy to vote for Desi. Yes. Because he probably doesn't know about Mike's idol, what we at least that we know of. And Mike wasn't going to play it here anyway. Desi's more of a competitor for Cole in challenges. And it's easier to convince people to turn on Joe later because you want to, A, keep them from bringing Joe to final tribal council as their goat, or B, they just hate Joe. So... 
for the rest of the group, I mean, for Cole specifically, it made a lot of sense. But for the rest of the group, it makes more sense to keep Joe around because he's easier to unite against later. Like, it's just, if you ever need to turn the vote against Joe because he's annoying you with whatever he's doing, you can probably do that. Like, it holds appeal to keep Joe around because he's useful to get out later. Desi, it made more sense to get rid of now just because if you're trying to keep your heroes slash hustlers alliance tight, you can unite to get out Joe later. I don't think everyone's going to be quite as motivated to unite and get out Desi. Yeah, I think Desi was the absolute right move. Yeah, and to be fair to everybody else, they didn't explain why. They didn't. So uh, people saying that we didn't get any explanation, you're 100% correct. But it was the right move. She is a bigger threat than Joe. Joe is, like, Joe is some level of threat in that he can screw things up for you. Uh, he's not going to win. Uh, he's not going to win a challenge. But yeah, you know, he could screw things up at the key moment. So I don't think they necessarily need to take Joe lightly. Uh, but his threat level is kind of known. I think people are seeing through his BS. So he's not going to crack you open that way. It's basically if he finds some of these, you know, things that are around. That's when Joe could become a problem uh, for a vote. And if that's the vote you go home, then it's a problem. Uh, but Desi, uh, people are like, oh, how much of an immunity threat she is. She, she's only won once. It, uh, that's <laughs> not how it works, okay? It's not just about who was the ultimate winner. She was third this challenge. In the team challenges, she was allowed to participate. She made an impression with her abilities to do things. Among the people remaining, she is a threat to win a challenge at any time, and especially more threatening than Joe is. Yep. That said, not even the biggest, best reason to get rid of her. Desi is a social threat. And again, this is, yeah, the edit hasn't really shown this because they haven't shown any of edit or any of Desi. Uh, it's not that, you know, necessarily she's like a goddess of uh, the social game or anything. Yes. It's that Joe isn't. Uh, it's, uh, as you say, Joe is a dividing factor. Joe is something that can keep you uni- united. Desi's somebody that can just kind of hang around and then you figure out, you know what, let's get rid of somebody else. You know, Desi's not doing anything. Like the person that's going to hang around and, benefit from cracks. I'm not even going to say that Desi's going to expose or exploit cracks, but just benefit from them. Desi's going to be that person. Joe's never going to be that person, because you're always going to be like, oh, okay, but we, let's, let's get rid of that Joe guy. It's the same thing that Tony did keeping Spencer and Tasha around, and it gave him freedom to get rid of other people without much backlash, because there was always the threat of Spencer and Tasha. Yeah, Joe's a threat there. A, a, a present uh, threat that people are aware of. Desi's a background threat that, you know, if you ha- let hang around long enough, could actually win. Right. And uh, I didn't even mention this earlier, but, but I should because he's my favorite player of the season. Devin, the leader of that whole Heroes and Hustlers Alliance, he wants Joe around because he's actually shown a willingness to work with Joe. Like, Joe seems to want to have some kind of connection, alliance, whatever, with Devin. I don't know that we've seen that from Desi. So it makes more sense if you're Devin, the leader of the alliance, to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep Joe around just because I feel like later on in, in my game, maybe he'll be useful. Very possibly. I mean, yeah, Desi did talk about when she was on a tribe with Devin that, you know, she might be willing to vote with Joe, but I get the impression that, you know, Desi does the right thing. She says, Oh yeah, sure, for sure. But in a way that never really feels like a strong commitment because in the end, Clearly, she was never interested in voting a Joe. That was a, not, not a real storyline. So if they were able to sniff out, it's like, nah, she, yeah, Desi's the type that'll tell you one thing, and maybe you'll even believe it, but it's not a firm commitment. In her own exit, she talked about how, 
she doesn't reassure people well enough because she figures if I told you, then that's enough. Uh, because, you know, that's how Survivor works. You just need to say something once and nobody gets worried about it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, because, yes, if, if Desi was ever going to flip on Joe, guess what? It would have been tonight and she'd yep. still be here if she had. Um, they were uh, clearly more aligned. So, no, I, I think Desi was a fine target. I think it makes a lot of sense. And moreover, I think keeping Joe makes sense. Unless you're somebody who made a lot of big talk about how you're going to get rid of that guy and you can't stand to be around him. Then maybe you should, you know, put up or shut up. But apparently, no, you're going to split votes and uh, then vote for Desi in the, on the revote. That's the other thing. Like, if, if it's Joe is the big threat, this is why I can understand why people are, are confused and threatening. If they keep talking about why Joe's a big threat and we need to get him out now and he has an, an idol, you had your shot. But I agree with the choice of Desi, so I'm not too fussed about it. So, well, let's get your final thoughts because you kind of hinted early on that you may not be the world's biggest Desi fan. What, what was it about her that you were not a fan of? Her nothingness is the biggest part. I, like, I, it, I like to judge people based on what they actually do rather than the hypotheticals I invent for myself that what they're probably doing, but the show is just keeping from us because they hate us. I I feel like, and obviously there's exceptions. If somebody just doesn't factor in the story and they go early on, they could be amazing, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to get uh, much of the edit because they have to invest in people that matter. But if you make it relatively deep and you're not there much, there's probably a reason. And I'll say, when she spoke at Tribal Council this episode, I was like, yeah, I, that was, I, I could see uh, myself wanting more Desi. That was a very thoughtful response. Now, I also felt like this was her boot episode, so I was, <laughs> I was like, she's going to be gone in a few minutes, because even though they didn't explain it to us, I still kind of felt like it was going to be her. Um, but then I read her exit interview, it's like, no, she's boring. You know, I, I bet in real life she's fine, but as like a personality to drive narrative television, she, I don't think she's interested in playing that game. Yeah. Anymore. And I said last week that I think, you know, since none of these people are exceptionally great narrators and Desi is that like hyper articulate person, she should have probably been getting more screen time. But I also speculated then that the reason that she probably wasn't getting it is because she doesn't go very far. And lo and behold, yeah, I don't think I realized quite how accurate that would be. Um, but that, I, I, I do kind of agree with you. I hold a slightly higher opinion of Desi than you do because I think she is, as I said, she's super articulate. Um, it kind of feels like every time she talks, it's like, it's like a rehearsed answer for a pageant, which, you know, she does kind of have skill in that, in that area, but she's like obviously extremely attractive. She's super strong. She gives off a vibe that she's very intelligent, but that still didn't translate to great TV. I mean, like I would root for her in a pageant, but there was just nothing about her that just really sold me on her. I mean, I liked her, but I didn't root for her. You know what I mean? It did. Yeah, absolutely. I think she seems really cool. Like, I, I bet she'd be a fantastic co-worker. That, yeah, you're at a, uh, uh, you see her every day, maybe chat a little, work, get some work done, collaborate on a project, maybe even do, like, a work function. It's like, oh, yeah, Desi's really cool. And then, you know, you have no real connection for her outside, because she goes and does her thing, and you go do her thing. Which, I must say, is, like, my ideal co-worker <laughs> situation. Exactly. I don't need these people in my life. But, like, as a television personality, I don't think it was there. I don't think she was interested in bringing it. And this is where people might scream. It's because you love big moves. I don't necessarily need her to beat Joe Mina. 
I just mean, um, you know, express what you're doing with some level of emotion. You know, show people some emotion. I think she was so buttoned down, so conscious about, you know, not, um, showing any of that, that, okay, cool. Then, then you don't get to be on television. You need to have something, some level of charisma, some interest. And, you know, as you say, she seemed articulate, so she must have, you know, been saying something about the game that they weren't showing. Maybe she never really had a good handle on what was going on, so none of her, you know, confessionals were useful, you know? It's like, tell us about this. Oh, well, you know, it's okay in this. And, like, I compared her last week to the female JP, um, and and what you were saying about oh, and when she speaks, it seems very interesting. I think when, when we hear JP speak, he says a bunch of stuff, and instantly we know that he said nothing. Yes. Because, yeah, it's just, you know, cliches and nothing. Because we've watched a lot of sports and we've seen that exact interview all the time. Yeah. Maybe with Desi, she says a lot of, yeah, she says stuff and your initial impression is, oh yeah, really smart, really thoughtful. And then you think about it for a while, it's like, she didn't tell me anything either. She just you know, said it in a very calm, measured way. And some of it's like, I think it's that she is measured, that she's thoughtful. She might see the angles. Well, that doesn't work. You kind of need to pick a lane uh, to help the editors narrate a story. You can't be like, okay, well, yeah, I definitely think it could be this way, but certainly there's, I also see that viewpoint here and all of that. It's like, and I'll say that from my own experience. My natural tendency when we started this was probably a little more even keeled. It was like, yeah, I, I understand why somebody would do this or do that. And that that's just not entertaining. So now I take more solid stances one way or another. I'm not lying about how I believe. I, I won't say something I don't believe, but maybe I fudge a bit on the passion of the of how deeply I feel about something because that's more interesting. And I wonder if Desi just isn't the kind of person that does that, and thus it doesn't work on TV. And for me, all I care about is what you contribute to the television show. I don't care about your journey. I'm not your friend. Yeah. And I mean, I'm obviously the same way. Like I'm not going to fake it if I don't believe in it. Um, that's why I'm hardcore team Devin this season. Of course. No, you don't have to with him. I mean, it's all there on the page. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not going to contrive some narrative that he's great. I just go by what I see and I see greatness. Uh, and speaking of greatness, I think there's like a, a decent comp here is that Sydney in co wrong. It was the same. She had a lot of not quite on the same level um, attributes that Desi has. I mean, she was very articulate, super educated, very strong. Um, but she just made for more entertaining TV. So we got to see more of her. And she was also much more involved in strategy conversations. She was driving a narrative. She knew what was going on. So you got to see a lot more of her. And like you said, I don't think... Desi was ever in that driver's seat aside from the one vote split episode that they had, um, or I'm sorry, the idol play episode that they had in the, and even there, she was a complete pass. Yeah, exactly. She was not in the driver's seat. She was begging Joe, please save me, you know? Um, so yeah, no, I, it's just like, look, sometimes it's just not there. And even with nice, interesting people, it just doesn't coalesce into television. And frankly, some of it's situational. Maybe if it bounces a different way, then we get more. But it's like, I just don't think we were robbed of a great player. And, you know, maybe another reason why some people are invested in that is because there's, it's the absence. There isn't somebody yes. else to be invested in. Uh, and she didn't prove that she was nothing. Uh, but I kind of feel like she kind of did. Uh, and I'll say, um, 
I almost feel bad about comparing her to JP because I've actually gotten more entertainment out of JP this season. I, I cannot let this stand. No, no, no. I'm not going to let it slide. This idea that someone is interesting for being a void of interesting. Like, that doesn't happen. No, he can't become cool by sucking so badly. The ability to freely make fun of JP and his JP-ness has delivered something to my life. I do like the phrase JP-ness, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm glad you highlighted that. Uh, Where's Desi's brought nothing as a character? Um, yeah, like, what more she brought from, like, a, a video, um, presentation than, like, her photo? You know? And, and again, she, at Tribal Council, I really liked what she said in her observation. But I also can totally see how that doesn't translate to, you know, the way that Survivor builds its narratives. Yeah, I, I mean, I accept it. Again, it's, it, Desi was someone I think I liked more than you did, and I thought had some potential, but I think part of the potential was just it wasn't ever going to materialize into great TV. And it's unfortunate that she's gone, but you know, I'll deal. Yeah, and yeah, she absolutely was under edited. Uh I think it's also because if you had completely excised the character of Desi from this uh narrative of uh television. You yeah, you could still probably tell the same story without Desi in it. Yeah, like, if this wasn't, like, an, a competition that actually happened, if it was just, like, somebody laid out a story, an editor would have been like, lose a Desi character, she brings nothing. So, yeah, it, and that and that happens to people every season, because they have more people than they have time. And, yeah, now, it, this just happens to be a season where we can't be like, yeah, how would you give Desi more time, because we need more time with Player X? Um, because there For isn't sure. that Player X. But, but at least there's stories, you know, the, st- the the show was better served this episode, telling the story of why Joe is a problem than it was why Desi was a problem. Because Joe is a character that will continue, right. even if it's just till next week. And Joe is somebody who was doing something earlier that will fit the overall narrative of the season. Whereas, yeah, it, yeah, would it have been nice to have more clarity? Yeah, sure. But it ultimately will not matter. Yeah. Um. Hey, there was actually something that we should talk about because we actually got a new wrinkle in this show and we sort of hinted at it. The advantage that Lauren got, it was to allow you to essentially bank your vote. You can just hold on to it for this episode, not play it, and then you get a second vote later on. What do you think of that one? Yeah, I mean, as far as advantages go, I thought that was a neat wrinkle. Now, I will say... um how it ended up playing out a bit kind of deflated that a bit. Cause like, I, I, she was all worried, like, how am I going to pull this off? She's like, I don't think it's going to be that hard. Your back is to people. Like they, they set it up. So it's pretty easy. You are putting yep. something in an urn, you know? So all you ha- it, that part was easy. It was, uh, how do I get away with it when, you know, a vote is missing? And apparently it's like, I just do. So that part, you know, became a little less interesting, but I do like that, you know, there was some level of risk and something that you're giving something up to get something. That is all right. I will say, you know, I don't get too fussed about advantages one way or another because I don't really care if they exist or they don't. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was all right. I, I'm interested to see it go. I do want to clarify for other people. I think you mostly did it. And hopefully enough time has passed since the episode aired and this show will post. She had to play it tonight if she wanted to do it at all. She couldn't right. do it later. I, I don't think it was necessarily mandatory that she use it, 
But if she wanted it... No, no, it was her choice. If she didn't want to use it, goes away, like, you know, Chrissy's advantage and all of that. But if she wanted an extra vote later, she had to not vote tonight. She couldn't make that choice later at a more opportune time when they weren't trying to do the world's dumbest vote. Right, exactly. Um, and I, I'm with you. I like this. I like any sort of advantage that comes with a little bit of risk. Um, I think it's also cool that the longer you hold on to it, the more powerful that stored vote becomes. So it's, it's like incentivizing greater risk tolerance because you want to use it to strike at the like most impactful time. Um, there's also that risk that you held it for just a bit too long and then you get clipped and it goes home with you. Um, but I like that. I like that, you know, people have to weigh the risk calculus in their head. There's it's just, it's yeah. an interesting dynamic. I mean, it's the same sort of dynamic with idols. Like you have to risk, do I play it now or do I save it for later? You know, that it's when they introduce these advantages and they have some sort of, not necessarily disadvantage, but some sort of option that you have to weigh when to play it. There's a potential disadvantage with it, those sorts of things. I like that because it lets us into the the thoughts of the player and see how good are they really at figuring out how to win this game strategically. Yeah, and it's actually a little interesting just to uh, kind of chart the evolution of this extra vote thing because it's something they've been kicking around uh, for a bit now since Worlds Apart. And, and it's you know just like you know, early stages of the idol. You kind of see the show learning and growing and developing with something. Because early on, the problem with the extra vote, whether it was just an extra vote or the later you know, a, a vote steal or anything like that, was um, the presence of an, an advantage that people know about. And when people know it have an advantage, it's just too great a disadvantage. So starting last season, we see again this season, it the, the discovery of the advantage is, hit, is secret. I mean, obviously, you can get seen picking up the envelope or the roll that's in the nails that apparently uh, more people could have a shot at than was previously assumed. Um, mm. I, uh, that, that There's some risk there, but it's not just like, you win an advantage at this you know, auction or jump off your buoys and come get this thing. Because it, it's, that was just too great a disadvantage. It became you know, a target at pe- for people. Um, so that was a good change. And then even this, it's like, well, you know, just getting a vote isn't enough. What if you have to lose a vote? Because just the act of losing it, not just getting caught in the fact that somebody would discover, like, it actually almost screwed up this vote. Yeah. Only again, because it was the world's dumbest vote split. But, uh, if it wasn't a dumb vote split and it was, you know, four, four, yeah, pretend Mike was solidly on their side, then it, it screws that whole thing up. So I, I do like that aspect. We'll see if it gets played later or even if it, you know, if it gets discovered down the line because she has told somebody or, you know, they find an empty parchment right. in her bag or whatever. That could also, uh, you know, goose some interest. And it's funny because there's a bit of a push pull and that people are like, this season sucks because there's too many advantages. And the counter argument is maybe we need some more advantages because these people aren't interesting enough on their own. Yes, exactly. Let's do something else to lift this season up. Um, speaking of advantages, though, there was another advantage in the season. It's a much more traditional one. We got a, a good old fashioned idol. Um, Probst tweeting during the episode was like, Oh man, it's going to be some crazy spaghetti reward later. And I was like, Ooh, tell me more about this food reward. I'm so excited. Way to really pitch the episode, Probst. Um, but instead we got that aforementioned spaghetti reward where people were going in one at a time 
And for, you know, JP being JP expects nothing, just goes in there, gives his typical, both teams played hard. It's a great game. Um, a lot of respect for that side. The end walks off. Devin, you know, Devin went in first because, you know, Joe respects greatness. He's going to let Devin go first. Devin, I think, was probably aware that there would be an advantage. But when you're Devin, you don't need that. Like, it, you don't want to draw a target on you. Everybody already knows that you're great. Too risky for Devin. So he passes it up. Third person in there is Cole. And my man Cole just notices something is odd about this play. And Cole, in his infinite wisdom, decides, wait a minute, I need to make sure Nobody else is going to find this idle clue. So what does Cole do? Sweet, wonderful Cole. He puts the f***ing spaghetti on top of a napkin and is like, yes, this is perfect. No one is going to suspect this is suspicious at all. It's a f***ing sauce-covered pile of spaghetti atop linens, just like they do at fancy restaurants. Great job, Cole. So smooth. Well, they also don't send you one at a time to eat from the same plate at fancy restaurants. So who knows what family style even means in but Fiji. For the lo- of, of all the stupid things that you could have done, like, I almost think that that draws even more attention to where you should look. Although it did take Chrissy a bit, you know, it did. I mean, Chrissy didn't immediately look there, but she did eventually get to it. Yeah. And it, actually makes it a little easier. Like, oh, right. well, I'll just lift this up um, instead of having to move around spaghetti. That's two motions safe. Uh, yeah, so then when uh, Ryan gets rid of the plate, you know, the reaction is like, that's what you do. That's what everybody should have done. I will say that is not without risk as well. As I pointed out when you know, pointing out how Joe was not Tony, people should have been like, do you guys think it was weird that there was no effing plate? And then, and then everybody else was like, what are you talking about? I had a plate. I had a plate. Didn't you have a plate? And then, like, the last person was like, oh, oh, yeah, totally. Totally had a plate. It's like, so, yeah. Ryan should have been able to actually been found out. Like, by doing it as obvious as that, because it also didn't seem like either Chrissy or Ryan thought Cole put it, the plate napkin on a, on a, uh, or the spaghetti on a napkin. They probably figured the producers oddly chose to do that. Um, maybe as a way of, like, you know, pointing, <laughs> here's your idol. Here's your, here's your clue right here. But like people should have been like, there's no plate, and there and, and like, as I said, people were talking about this big plate of spaghetti, and for Joe, no plate, and then you know he didn't figure it out. So like if Devin, and this is why he's such a great player in your mind, um, is uh, he probably thought, oh yeah, there's a clue. We he probably right. even found it. We just didn't know, didn't see that. It's like, but if I get rid of this plate, everybody will know. I've got five other people after me, so I just gotta hope that they don't see it. There's a whole lot of spaghetti here. So there is some risk, but ultimately, that's better than covering it up with a napkin. <laughs> oh, my God. Would you like your pasta de napkin, sir? <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. I mean, ultimately, I guess we should just be happy that Cole didn't eat all the food. I, I almost feel like Cole, and it would have actually kind of fit his personality, too. He should have just dumped all the spaghetti onto the actual table and then chucked the plate into the woods and been like, you guys, I'm so sorry. I'm such an idiot. I like tripped and the plate fell, but the, luckily the spaghetti didn't, it fell onto the table and the plate smashed. And I'm so sorry, but you know, the spaghetti's still there. It didn't fall on the ground. You can still eat it. 
And, it, and because it's coal, you'd be like, yeah, that's oh, actually okay. not bad, you know, whether you're coal or not. Explain the absence right. of the plate. Yeah. yeah. And Cole being the idiot that he is, you'd be like, oh, he, he seems like the type that would absolutely do that. So, yeah, okay. Uh, but I, I kind of thought like the, I, you know, the whole rigmarole of sending people in there to see who was going to find it. Sure. That, that was an all right sequence, especially because I did like that both Chrissy and Ryan were immediately like, there's an idol up in here or a clue yeah. up in here and I got to find it. Um, that was a good nod and, and it illustrates that, you know, they're good at some aspects of this. And frankly, I still think Chrissy is the best player on this season. Uh, and a reminder to everybody, the best player on this season is not the same thing as good player necessarily. Well, and then we got some evidence of that because immediately she can't help but whisper to Ryan about the idol with Cole two feet away from them. Yeah, the one person, uh, or maybe one of two people there that she really can't let hear this. And, and I, I almost wonder, cause it, you know, Harold bit back to, uh, the previous episode of the merge. Uh, Chris might just get loud when she gets a little tipsy. Because there was wine at that, that challenge as, uh, at the reward as well. And, uh, yeah, maybe Devin drank most of it, but I bet she had a bit. And, you know, in those conditions, it might not take much. So I, I wonder if that's it. Because uh, it's been there twice when she's been like, no, don't worry. No one can hear me. You know what? As as someone whose volume also increases the more I drink, I can totally relate to that. I, I'm going to I'm gonna ease off on Chrissy now because I can understand. Yeah. I can relate. I was like, for people who want to read the edit, you know, that doesn't make you Satan necessarily. Um it's been telling that, you know, her's like, oh, he's too dumb to ever figure this out. Right when he's like, I know what they're doing. I'm right here. You know, the editors did point out, it's like a little bit of, uh, overconfidence there because, you know, when Cole outwits you. So that is a thing. But, you know, if she's not the best player in this season, you know, point to me who is. And I know a lot of people will point Mike. Um, Maybe, but I also feel like at this point, you're just projecting. We haven't seen enough. Dude's been to two tribal councils. Well, the, um, the, the, the nice thing about the idol clue is that it did lead to what I thought at least was probably the best scene of the season so far. And that was, uh, Cole slash Chrissy slash Ryan fighting over that idol and then like calling in the reserves, um, and oblivious JP walking by as Ryan is. See, I'm telling you, that's a trait. You can say something about <sighs> JP. It, it's, it's, he's got, he's given us more. It's, it's no. not much, but it's no, more. It's not okay. Anyway, it, Ryan is shoving the idol into his pants as JP is walking by looking at him. Doesn't say a word, just keeps on being JP and silently walks by. Just. Oh, that guy. I'm going to talk about JP every season. For oh, God, I bet you are. Um, <laughs> if you remember him, because he is forgettable enough that you'll forget him next week. I probably won't. But it's like how Kelly isn't, uh, Purple Kelly isn't the worst Kelly in the history of Survivor, because her worstness is memorable in a way that those right. other freaking Kellys aren't. Yes. It's that for JP. Um, but anyway, so the fun part, of course, is that Cole is digging and no one else really knows what's going on except for Ryan and Chrissy. Um, and so then Ben, fortunately for them, and it, and it was certainly not like a planned thing that I could tell. Ben is like, no, no, no. He's got it. Cole's got it. I know he did. He put it in his pants or something like that. And I'm, I'm sure at that point, Chrissy and Ryan are just like, yes, this could not have worked out better. Like a third party that's not one of us is convinced 
everyone else that Cole does have it. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good scene too. And as I say, like, yeah, as much as it maybe sucked that, you know, it's boiling the purity of survivors, like, I thought the spaghetti scene and then this idol was like the best parts of this episode. And I thought this episode, with, you know, including Lauren's advantage, has given us lots to talk about because it forces decisions and actions. And this group especially, I'm not sure would take any if not forced into it. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought obviously the big mistake is, um, it, Cole, you just got to go for it right away, man. Yeah. Your back is against the wall. Let them watch you. I, I mean, he even said, you know, a, a digging competition between me and Ryan. I think I can win that one. Prove it. Just, yeah, I don't care how bad you need to be. Um, I don't care if they're pulling you away for an interview and the, you know, I, I have to go pee is just, you know, a, a euphemism. <laughs> as soon as you hit the beach, maybe, you know, try to be like, oh, I got to go pee and walk away. And even if it's a like, really obvious thing. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter if they know that you got it because you need it anyway. <laughs> like you're going to be targeted. I mean, he ended up winning immunity, so it worked out for him, but you're going to be targeted anyway. Just get the idol. <laughs> like who cares? Yeah. And this actually goes in with the earlier discussion of how, you know, my opinion of Ben uh, plummeted. He kept talking like this was a bad thing for Cole. So he thinks Cole has the idol and like, Whoa, buddy, did you screw up? Yeah. This puts a target on you. It's like, if he had the idol, it's like, go ahead and try it. Go ahead and try it. I have an idol. Do you understand what idols mean? It means I'm safe. You thinking I have an idol means I probably don't even have to play it tonight. Except if you do a 7-4-3 uh, uh, vote split. Then. Except, yeah, except if you do something crazy and stupid, which I'm sure you would never do, Ben. So, yeah, it's like thinking that, you know, the obvious target uh, obviously has an idol is a bad thing for obvious target. Does not speak well of Ben's ability either. So yeah, no, all all good things, all all interesting. Um, certainly more interesting than possibly the people involved. Um, now what wasn't happening in the scene that a lot of people were theorizing from the next time on Survivor is this wasn't uh Chrissy finally weaponizing that um uh defunct idol that will be the world's most perfect fake idol and lead her to victory. So uh, that's got to be next week that she does this, right? I do kind of feel like it is going to return at some point just because we've gotten a mention of it after that first episode. And we do know that she still has it. So I'm sure it comes up. I just don't know. I don't think that I've gotten enough confidence in Chrissy or her side to think that it's going to be super successful or like pivotal in the game in any way. It's actually kind of funny because when people were bringing that up, that's when everybody was like, yeah, Chrissy, I love her. She's the best. You're so stupid for doubting anything. And she's got this perfect weapon that is going to be great. And now nobody's really talking about that because most people want her to lose now. Um, and thus uh, all her plans and her decision making <laughs> sucks, uh, even though before it was great. Consistency is wonderful. Um I think the only utility fake idols really have in Survivor, like 90% of the time, is to give fans something to talk about. Otherwise, they're, they're fake! They don't do anything! Real idols can be beaten by people. And you guys think a fake one is gonna, you know, change the balance of power in this game? Just, I mean, look, if it's keeping you interested in the, you know, six days between survival, uh, between survivor episodes, go ahead. Come up with all your scenarios, but, as, you know, commenter Sharkulis pointed out, the most successful fake idol in the history of Survivor is Rupert putting a rock in his shorts. Yep. And it, it saved him for one vote. He went home 
the next time. <laughs> if your argument before was Chrissy made the absolute right move because she has this fake idol, you were wrong then. And if you think that it's going to uh, save this season by you know being super exciting, you're probably wrong now. It's it, it might not come up. Well, I am glad that you mentioned all-time legendary hero Rupert because it's time to talk about the heroic moment of this week. So what was your heroic moment of the week? You know, I, I'm going to let you go first because I just ranted a lot. Okay, that's fine. Um, for me, I mean, I don't know how you could pick anything else. Um, my boy Devin just nailing those slingshots and getting his team some of that sweet, sweet pasta. Absolutely heroic effort from him. Nice. See, the reason why, another reason why I was letting you go first is I wanted you to have this because I'm actually going with a Devin moment as well. Uh, but it's at tribal council when after all of the acrimony and the infighting and everything being so tense, He's able to bring everybody together uh, by talking about how he wants to be a bright and beautiful light. And even Probst has moved to the bay like, oh, my God, that was amazing what you did. What a hero. Uh, you know what? The reason that I did not say that is because that's actually the healing moment of the week. Devin as the bright, beautiful light that just brings this tribal council to life. And, you know, he's resurrecting himself from being the zombie that he once was, you know, like two episodes ago. And that's about as healing as you can get, you know, coming back from being a zombie, oh God, it's just healing in so many different ways. I, I was torn about where to put that moment. I mean, obviously it needed to be honored, but uh, it was hard to tell which one. Instead, for me, my healing moment of the week was Ben apologizing at tribal council. And now completely uh, sincerely, I, I think, that was a good attempt. I think he, he was being sincere, especially, you know, as I discussed before, you don't want like a Joe Mina to think he's gotten over on you. But also, you know, Ben has probably worked hard in his life to get over these things. And, you know, it was a moment that he wished he didn't have. Good on him to step up. I will say, as it was happening, uh, there was a part of me who wanted Joe to <laughs> say something. Uh, to come back. And, uh, ultimately, it's like, you know what? Good for you, Joe, letting the moment sit and not that. But there was a part of me is like, Wow, Ben, that was such a stand-up move, dude. See, everybody, this is why you can't go to the end with Ben. How would you ever compete in the finals against a guy who can uh, apologize and and heal us all in such a way? I, I mean, it would kind of fit with Joe's personality type, so. It, it would have been kind of, it would have been awful and amazing, and uh, I'm a little disappointed it didn't happen, but it's probably that good that it didn't. Yeah. But. All right, so... I don't know how you'd possibly pick anything else for the hustle moment of the week, but I'm going to steal it before you can even get to it. And that would be, uh, Devin getting Joe to come talk to him about switching the target to Ben because I mean, people want to make moves with Devin. It's very clear that he is the leader of this group and you know, he's, he's the hustler. He's making moves. It's why Ryan chose to become Devin's number two. So, I think that shows exactly what a hustler Devin is because, you know, he's managed to get the bottom of the totem pole to come to his side, to go to him so that they can flip the game. You know, I, it didn't occur to me. Uh, no, I, I will admit I'm not as big a Devin fan as you. Sure. A uh, few, few are. Uh, I think, I think it's mostly you and Andrea Belke. Uh, so instead I went with, uh, Ryan getting the idol. I mean, it's kind of obvious. Um, but as I said, Cole should have been out there. He should have hustled. He should have just went and gone after it. Ryan saw the opening, was a little worried about it. It's like, sure, I'm just going to go get the idol. And it, he didn't have to dig very far, which, you know, good thing for Ryan. So, yeah, Ryan got the idol. Uh, he's going to win this season and we'll have to deal with that. Uh, I mean, it, it's a great job of him as 
Devon's lieutenant, I guess. So that'll be useful for Devon's alliance. As seen in the next time on Survivor. Uh, so speaking of next time on Survivor. Nice. All right. So let's, uh, predict what's going to happen next time on Survivor. Who do you think is going home next week? I'm just going to roll over the Joe prediction. It's going to happen sometime. Why not this? And I will say I'm choosing Joe over Cole because I think Cole sticks around for a bit. And I said this on Twitter last week. It's just because the edit seemed really interested in us being invested in Cole's you know, survival. Um, because I, we, I picked Cole at the merge. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people did because we seemingly were getting the story for a couple of weeks of why Cole would get voted out when he wasn't voted out. It's like, Maybe that's the story of, you know, building his under underdog story. And I think that's what they're developing now. Now, I'm not going to say that Cole's going to win this season. He's not. I'm not even saying he's going to go deep in the season. I don't think he is. I just think that this is the, the middle story of, you know, Joe, Cole is the underdog fighting for survival for a couple episodes. This would be a, one more episode and it's Joe instead. All right. Um, I'm going to counter that and say it is Cole because I think we're going to go chalk and it's been that kind of season and Cole just seems like a very likely candidate to go home next. All right. Dark horse prediction, not my official prediction. Uh, they find out about, uh, Lauren's advantage, Ooh. uh, and they vote her out because, uh, there's also been a pattern established there <laughs> yeah. that we're totally inventing and it's not real. Everybody who feels that way is pulling at strings and, um, you can read about that from like two or three commenters of why that's, that's not a pattern. And I will say, I think people are over exaggerating, uh, how much of a pattern it may or not be, but somewhere we're doing that for jokes. It's, there's just some jokes there. All right. So let's talk about that website where you can find those commenters and it's purplerockpodcast.com. Hey, speaking of our website, by the way, there's some purple rock happenings going on. We've got a commenter getting married this weekend, storm of cuteness. We had a Purple Rock commenter that had a baby recently, Miss Sweater Fan. There's a Purple Rock meetup that just took place last week. Like, things are happening in the Purple Rock community. And, oh, and I should mention, for those that haven't heard yet, our site actually crossed over the 1 million mark of traffic sometime earlier this month. I'm really lazy and didn't pay attention to when. I haven't checked the stats in so long. It could have been a long time ago. Probably not. Yeah. I think it was right around the very start of the month. I'm not sure. But anyway, at, at some point, we got over 1 million. And that's amazing. Just a point that I did not think this site would ever reach. So thank all of you who have come to our site. Again, purplerockpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter. It's at purplerockpod for the show. At purplerockjohn is me. And Andy is at purplerockandy. Uh, subscribe in the places that you can subscribe to podcasts. Although I'm not sure how many new people are listening this week that aren't subscribed. If you are, you're probably wondering why on earth, uh, there's such a big Devin fan. And the answer is, of course, there's such a big Devin fan. I don't understand why you would question it. Anything else? Yeah, let's play some kind of music. <laughs>